Good evening. This is the Shit Show of French Politics podcast. I am Muriel and I am trying to explain to my dear husband Nast uh, the ups and downs of French politics, which are quite interesting lately. And tonight we are recording uh, much later than usual because I insisted that we should uh, wait until the evening so that we can uh, comment the early poll results for the French round of the French parliamentary elections. Great, Amor. Uh, I'm just uh, expecting something good to come out because you've been in a... In a Merry mood for the <laughs> for the evening. So let's uh, let's hope for the best. <laughs> yes. Um, so again, it's estimations. The phone results will be known tomorrow morning. But so far, coming in first at twenty six point one percent of votes is the left coalition. Noops. No. Um, coming in coming in second and quite close. Uh, actually, for the first hour, they were given as a tie, but uh, but the distance has been uh, has been broadened. So at 25.6% of votes, uh, the the uh, ensemble, so together coalition, which is a renaissance and some allies from uh, other center-right parties. So they also have their own uh, coalition. <laughs> so at the end, uh, renaissance, didn't feel confident to go for it uh, on their on their own. Yeah, their their the biggest hope would be to have enough uh, enough seats just for Renaissance, but this looks very unlikely. So they they're running as a coalition. Uh, coming in third, uh, the Front National at eighteen point five percent. Then. Um, Uh, Les Républicains, uh, Conservative Party at 14%. Uh, and then you have a smattering of, uh, smattering of small parties. Uh, the, um, so, so far, it is rather a good news for the, for the leftist coalition. And I'm going to develop this a bit more. The bad news, however, is the participation still being a catastrophe because only 47% 0.5% of the electorate went to vote. So we have an abstention. 47. Yeah, so less than half of the registered voters went to vote. That's 52.5 uh, abstention. It is the biggest score of abstention in the past 15 years. And, and yeah, this is, uh, I mean, This is bad. This is uh, quite telling of the democratic crisis of French politics, uh, definitely. And and yeah, that's uh, that the real bad news of um, of tonight's uh, of tonight's uh, early early results. Uh, but otherwise, uh, clearly for the noobs, it is a victory. Uh, there are still some issues, but uh, but they have won their bet. They've managed to come first. It is the first time uh, since we've had the parliamentary and the presidential election in the same year that an elected president uh, doesn't get the the first spot in the parliamentary election. So for so for uh, for the Macronist coalition. It is still uh, it is still not great. I mean, and 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 you could see in the past few weeks, uh, it, it's been a very sad uh, campaign, a sort of non-campaign, um, because uh, and and in the past few days, you could see 
panic uh, coming in and so of course we had the whole discourse about the red scare and that uh, and that a victory of the radical left would be a catastrophe uh, but yeah so at least this is interesting and this is going to to shake a bit uh, to shake a bit the political status quo and it all, and it's also in spite of the heavy abstention it is putting back the parliament to a central stage in the French uh, political life, which was not the case until then, because because uh, again in the French constitution the president has considerable power and usually he has a parliament majority, so the president decides everything and parliament would just be uh, putting a seal a seal of approval. And now it's not going to be as clear cut, and this only is really a small uh, a small revolution. So. How is it? Uh, how does it work? Uh, tell me what's the what's the the process because I don't understand actually how does this two rounds parliamentary uh, uh, election yeah. work uh, after this round is anything decided? Uh, no, not quite. I mean, it's possible to be elected in the first round, but it's quite rare. Uh, that that's something very specific in the French political life and. And it's quite unique in Europe. And um, so we have this two-round system and it's a bit of a winner-takes-all, meaning that if you're elected with only uh, 51% of votes, you still get the seat. And And the parliamentary election in France is super complicated because it's actually 577 <laughs> small, small elections, which all have different local dynamics and and different, uh, and different local uh, stakes. Uh, so... The whole principle is very complicated, so I'm not going to to, to detail it. Uh, but suffice to say, it's also very important because the number of votes that each party gets in the first round um, defines how many uh, public funding they're going to get. So this uh, this makes it quite a big a big stake. So the idea how much public funding are they going to get for what? Uh, for for the next five years. So the party itself. Yeah, the the political parties get some public funding. The idea is that uh, is that uh, politics is partially funded by the state to try to limit corruption, which uh, which doesn't completely prevent it, but at least uh, but at least it's a way. So so yeah. So the result of the of the parliamentary election uh, also conditions some uh, some part of the public funding that each party gets uh, proportionally to the number of votes that that they have. So I guess it's to to make it, as you're saying, proportionally and to weight it so the parties that represent the most French people are those that are getting the most uh, public uh, sponsorship. Yes, exactly. Uh, so in the first round, uh, basically anyone can run. So depending on constituency, uh, you usually... So in, in total, uh, this year we had 6,300 candidates for 577 uh, districts. Um, it's less than in 2017 when there had been 8,000 candidates, which seems like a lot. Uh, but yeah, so usually you will have around 10, 10 to 12 uh, candidates in the first round. And the first round is a sort of elimination process. And in the second round, you have usually the two candidates that had the most votes in the first round. And in the second round, uh, whoever gets uh, gets the most votes uh, gets the seat. Uh, and, and this is what makes it... Uh, makes it uh, very complicated because 
because usually people in the first round will will vote for whomever for who, whichever party they support and then in the second one they will vote for the for the least worst candidate so the, this is why uh, this is why especially there's such a glass ceiling for for the for the front national and the far right because usually when you have a far right candidate in the second round people will vote for the other candidate uh, especially left voters will still vote for a right-wing candidate because it's not great, but it's still uh, better than having uh, than giving uh, parliamentary seats to, to the Front National. Okay, so let me see if I am getting it right. This is like a mini presidential election. Yes, exactly. A it's so the same. it's a mini presidential election, a French presidential mm -hmm. election, of, of course, but for, for example... Um, Perpignan. Uh, yes, right? exactly. So we, we and another 12 people are running for the parliamentary seat of Perpignan. Mm -hmm. If there was just one, maybe there Yeah, there several. are several in big cities, of course. And uh, in the first round, what is decided is who are going to be the two contestants to, the, to that seat. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, generally for the for the French parliamentary election, each district uh, represents more or less 125,000 uh, inhabitants. They are they are more or less of the of the same size, even though with uh, demographic change, it's not perfectly equal. But the idea is that each district represents the same uh, the same number of inhabitants. So it means that in a city, you're going to have several parliamentary districts, and then in rural areas, you're going to have one district covering uh, several uh, several. Um, several cities so so this is where we stand it means that the second round coming next sunday is extremely open because one of the questions so so far the projection uh still makes uh the uh, ensemble so the macronist um uh, group getting the most seats because with this second round principle usually uh centrist candidates get uh, have a better chance to to get votes and from the get-go the macronists of course have been talking about the extremes and they say uh, uh voting the radical left and voting far right it's exactly it's exactly the same it is chaos uh destruction of europe of the of the country so they are really leaning in the we are the only rational uh, moderate uh, moderate option uh, and the, the 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 main question is in how many districts uh, can they still run because a lot of people have been eliminated so right now the macronist majority ensemble could could keep running in um in around 400 uh, 400 430 uh, seats the noobs could, out of you said 500 fi 577 okay uh, the noobs uh, leftist coalition could get close to 400 so um, and and the front national could be still running in close to 200 so there is for each of the three blocks potential to to win a number of seats um so um do you have any questions i have a number let's uh, let's get back to the to the numbers so mm -hmm. who is ahead the noobs with 26% you said yes yes more or less and then the ensemble so the uh, yeah they are at 25.8 so it's uh, it's very close okay uh, 
so but but the question is how many seats are they going to get and and the the thing is that for the noobs the the votes that they could get is from people in the abstentions um and, and that's the great challenge for them because uh because i think the, the the big disappointment is that the voting participation is still so so dreadful because the the populations who don't go to vote are in majority the young, the working class, uh, and the disenfranchised populations of who vote proportionally more for the left. So not being able to bring more people to vote, I would say, is the one failure of the of the NUPS uh, leftist coalition uh, tonight. Um, Whereas uh, the Macronists are going to try to tap in the in the right wing voters, and here they have a population that usually mobilize mobilize to vote, so they still have so far the better chance. But it is so close, and it depends so much on local dynamics and on how much, uh, because it's also turning more and more to a sort of referendum for or against Macron and. And like I said in a previous episode, this time there is really no honeymoon phase because he's been re-elected and, and he hasn't, uh, and the Macronist uh, group almost hasn't made a campaign because the idea was, we just won the presidential election, we just have to capitalize on that and try not to not to make waves. So basically they don't have a program uh, except for a couple of choice points with a with uh, pushing the retirement age and uh, that kind of things. But but yeah, the, the Macronists in the presidential election, they've been almost invisible. I mean, it took three months. Haven't they been uh, really, really in uh, in panic mode with the, with the NUPS coalition? Yeah, but that was in the, in the past week or the past two weeks at most. So after the presidential election, they waited for three weeks to announce a new government. So it means that for three, three weeks, almost nothing was happening. Then they announced the new government. But since they have to wait to see if they have a parliament because the parliament is closed right now. Uh, so they have to wait until the parliamentary election. So the, so the, um, so the instruction for the Macronist was be as discreet as possible. And then it, the, the idea was to, was to do again what they did for the presidential election. So capitalize on their good score, start the campaign as late as possible so that there will, won't be any scandal and that they can capitalize on their strong uh, voting base. But here at the end of the of the campaigning time, they saw that the noobs were starting to be very strong in the polls. And so you could feel the panic. And in the last two weeks, the Macronists were extremely present. and But with a sort of... of um, yeah, moral panic discourse in that. Oh, but it's... Uh, Uh, it's going to be a catastrophe. We have to mobilize against the red, uh, and so on and so forth. What about the what about the big um, the big media media outlets outlets or the mainstream media? Is that because if I infer the reaction from what the, what was a reaction or what has been the very 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 coherent or consistent reaction over the years with um, with Podemos in Spain is really 
demonizing the, the demonizing the, the coalition and demonizing the leadership of the of uh, of the of the left yeah the, the mainstream media definitely has tried to demonize the left uh, so with the classic that we discussed last time but at the same time since only the left was actually actively campaigning uh, they were the only one that were being talked about because they were the only one being active, having a program, uh, doing a lot of uh, of public appearances. So, so the mainstream media discourse was definitely on the demonizing side, but the noobs ran such a strong campaign that they managed to occupy the media space with uh, with definitely something uh, something different. So that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah, but strong campaigns don't always make it, no, because I remember I'm sorry for the for the detour, but I remember no, no, in uh, long uh, dur during long periods with uh, with Pablo Iglesias, you could have the most scandalous problems happening with corruption or whatnot, but a lot of the media presence and the covers in the newspapers will be Pablo Iglesias um, had the phone of his lawyer for three months and there were some nudes of uh, his lawyer and uh, and uh, and his uh, and her lover yeah there, there, there's definitely some some of that and maybe we can d discuss a bit further but uh, si since our time is running I wanted to introduce you to a very special segment that I had planned for today. Oh, please. Which I am calling the Schadenfreude Awards. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, so for those who are not privy to this wonderful German expression, so Schadenfreude, it is the, it is the joy of Sinai. So rejoicing to the misery of someone else. And, and again, uh, we don't do oppressive humor in here. But here we're talking about political uh, opponents and political conflict. So a bit of laughter is in order. Yeah, we do have, uh, let's say, some exceptions to that rule of not doing oppressive humor with except with uh, investment bankers and the like. <laughs> yes. Um, so since the first round has been gone, we have some people who are being elimina eliminated from the first round go. And of course, uh, the first one, but not the least, uh, started it's as early that, uh, as last week. You have been loving, I'm guessing. Yes, so Manuel Valls <laughs> in, the, in the foreign district of Spain and Portugal was eliminated from the first round. So this one is particularly <laughs> glorious because uh, so he was put there. So he had been circling uh, La République en Marche for a very long time because he was uh, he was really trying to to get a to get a seat and um, and so he was uh, he was put in the in the Spain district uh, when the Spanish district already had a, a La République en Marche uh, representative and and the guy wasn't even informed he, he learned about it uh, in the news uh, and and he decided to to still run without being invested uh, by the Macronists. And no, of course, since he so he won. But the, did he run as a Renaissance candidate? No, he no, he ran as an independent. Oh. Uh, and he managed to get first. Uh, number two is the Nupes candidate, and of course, no, he is running as a Renaissance because he was invested by Renaissance uh, since. So, sorry, so Manuel Valls. <laughs> 
will run for the next uh, round? No, he was eliminated. Okay. So Manuel Valls was the Renaissance candidate and the former Renaissance uh, parliament member was booted out. Ah, he, he ran as an independent, the, the, the other guy. Yes, exactly. Ah, nice. But since he was, but since he won the first round, now he's back to being the Renaissance candidate. Well, the market has spoken. What can I say? Yeah, exactly. But it, it's fascinating because here the voters of Spain and Portugal really said, "No, we're not. We're not just going to obey uh, the 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 party. We're going to vote for our current uh, representative that that we that we really like." So that was. Uh, So that was quite funny. And, and also Manuel Valls is probably one of the most reviled political figures that we have. So there were a lot of people <laughs> rejoicing. Uh, but the second one is also a very, very good one. And my leftist Twitter exploded. So Jean-Michel, a guy called Jean-Michel Blanquer, uh, who was uh, Macron's minister for education in the past five years, Uh, was mm, someone that I imagine someone that it's really loved. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. He he's the figure of privatizing uh, the public school, of chasing Islamo leftists uh, left and right instead of addressing the 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 issues of the school and. Uh, he he put forth the one that um, that uh, ordered this uh, study, this McKinsey study, uh, yes. to run to. To yeah. figure out how to privatize the, the education system. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so he was also one of the most hated public figures and he has been uh, eliminated in the first round. So this was, uh, yeah, my, <laughs> my leftist Twitter completely exploded. Um, and finally, the, the last segment. So it's almost a collective Schadenfreude Award. Uh, So the neo-fascist party Reconquête got slammed. So the, the leader, Eric Zemmour, uh, eliminated in the first round. And he also said that he's canceling uh, all his public uh, speaking uh, for the time being. So that's really great. And all his main um, lieutenants were also eliminated uh, In the first round, a couple of former uh, La République En Marche who completely veered in the conspiracy uh, in the conspiracy theory movement uh, during COVID also got eliminated in the first round. Um, uh, also, a former La République En Marche that was uh, that was still running in spite of the fact that he was condemned for uh, for conjugal uh, violence was also eliminated. So yeah, that was. Quite a number of people being uh, booted out democratically. That made uh, that could make you very happy. Nice, great. So that was the first part of the of our of our news uh, on the day of the of the first parliamentary election. Are we recording a second part on this one or? No, I think uh, I think we've covered uh, we've covered most of it, but we'll be back next week to comment the second round and round and the final the final results and the consequences on the French political life. Is it as soon as next week? Yes, and I will have to drive to Copenhagen again. So sorry in advance. <laughs> Great. See you next week. See you next week.